Your final hour of the show today, Monday or Thursday night football. Excuse me, coming your way one hour from now. Rams, Seahawks. We'll preview that one at the bottom of the hour. We still have the crossover as well. We'll keep you up to date on baseball. See if we fire any uh, Sounders at all. But right now it's Houston six, White Sox nothing. That one is in the bottom of the seventh. Uh, last night gave us some pretty great baseball drama as uh, the Dodgers they got it done with a walk off. In the bottom of the ninth. Reyes on two and one. Taylor. Fly ball to left and deep and gone! Chris Taylor, a walk off home run. The Dodgers are walking off to San Francisco. They win the wild card three to one. Here comes Taylor to the plate. They are mobbing him. The crowd is going crazy. The Dodgers advance to the National League Division Series with one mighty swing by Chris Taylor. Charlie Steiner on the call from the Dodgers radio network. So here we go. Giants fans, Dodger fans, it's here. It is set up. We've got the series that a lot of you probably were afraid of, but you also wanted, right? If you want to validate this dream season that the Giants have had, and it's been amazing, absolutely amazing. There would be nothing sweeter than beating the Dodgers. Also, there would be nothing more painful than losing to the Dodgers. That's what's at stake. And that's what makes this next, I hope, five games. I want it to go all the way. I want it to be five games of drama, of what the Giants call torture and pain and excitement and thrilling plays and frustrating errors, whatever it is, all of that is what this series should have and needs to have. Can I say it was a shame that we weren't on the air when that walk-off home run happened? Why is that? Because you know how we would have told everybody? With the sounder? All right, Hamilton. You would have chosen that one or the other one you made for L.A.? I would have saved that one for when we saw the uh, Scherzer uh, interview. Oh, yeah, that's coming up. we got to play Scherzer's uh, <clears throat> interesting post game for sure. So, unfortunately, not whether it's unfortunately or not, I think a lot of these Dodger-Giants games are going to be at night, whether we're in a Kings game or post-show. So, you've been making these sounders for everybody. Did you make one for the Giants? Yeah, and I'm not going to skip it just because, oh, maybe – we won't have a game on okay. while we're on the air. Of course, I made a giant sounder. Okay. Fire away. Oh, you want me to fire it? Okay, hold on. Yeah. I want you to fire because this is this is the work of you, Chris. You've, you've done this. You've made it your, uh, your thing. And uh, let, let's hear it. Rat. It's too damn hot. <laughs> is that the real one? Yeah. Okay. Nice. Because when you think of San Francisco, the rent is too damn high. So, bottom of the ninth, two outs. Walk-off home run. Walk-off home run. Rent, it's too damn high. <laughs> Love it. Love it. There's a theme for all of these. We haven't had to fire one in a while for the game that's going on right now. Uh, you did mention Scherzer. Uh, last night in that game, the Dodgers... 
and the Cardinals. It was not, you know, it's interesting. It wasn't the best of Max Scherzer, but it also was. The grittiness, the toughness to not have what I would say was his best stuff. He had walked three or four batters, was in a couple of hairy situations, but he got out of it. He went four and a third, gave up three hits, only that run in the first inning. And I think the Cardinals will kick themselves for that, for the amount of runners left on base, which was, what, 11, which would have been a season high for them. So it takes the wild card game for you to set a season high for runners left on base in those situations, and you only score one with more scoring opportunities than the Dodgers had. But the Dodgers ultimately win, and a lot of people afterwards were – we're talking about Max Scherzer in his post-game interview, and uh, he was, let's say, comfortable. Pins and needles all night long, and it just went an effort by our guys. Total team effort, be able to come out of that win, and now we get the party. Uh, I think that already happened for Max. Um, let's get more from Max Scherzer. Dave Roberts has planned for this game and understands where he wants his relievers in each spot. Look, he wanted Joe Kelly there. Even though I was good, he wanted Joe. So that's how you win a ball game. All right, there's Max. Let's go. We've we've got more. In the fourth inning, I, I felt I felt like I got in direction better with my elbow, and so I felt like from then I was starting to X move my fastball to huh? my slider, and so at that point, that's when I felt like I was starting to executing pitches better. But hats off up to the Cardinals for their ability to, you know, spoil pitches, foul off pitches, and uh, just extend at bats. So they were great tonight. When was when did Max start the party? I mean, he was out at four and a third, and yeah, there was plenty of champagne at some point. This is pretty close after the game, so Max had to be doing something like, okay, I'm out. Let me go knock something back here while the game's going on because he was in the dugout. Man, what's now that I'm shooting? I mean, that X word is pretty hard. Yeah, what's bad is if he was in that type of shape we were talking about this he had to have pre-gamed before the celebration <laughs> yes here's a one more to uh, this is from uh, tv as well Kalon told me a couple days ago I, you gotta get rid of this echo <laughs> can't talk i'm drunk whatever <laughs> okay was my skull. <laughs> I'm so wasted. That's the Dodger sounder. Yeah, Max Scherzer. Uh, I, yeah. So <laughs> another baseball celebration. To be in that type of shape he was in, it couldn't have been right after the game. He had to have been that way. So now I'm thinking, what would have happened if the Dodgers lost oh. and he was interviewed? I, yeah, or maybe he's not interviewed then. Or what if it goes extras? What if it's a 14, 15 inning game? Which it felt like it was going to be. Do you keep going or do you? Right. Do you cut yourself off? Someone needed to cut him off. They ultimately got him out of there, out of the game. Dodgers. See, but I'm also that guy when I see someone like struggling like that, I keep talking. I, I know you are. You just, let's get more out of him. We, we don't have enough embarrassing stuff yet. Let's see if we get the good stuff. Let's see if we can get the good stuff. Well, Chris Taylor ends up being the hero. He hits the walk off. And now he's looking ahead to the next series. Giants Dodgers for the first time in the postseason. How does that sound? That's going to be fun. Yeah, I mean, two of the best regular season records all time. And we've been battling all year. So I expect a, a hard fought series. A moment in time. Congratulations. Thank you. 
Yeah, I am so amped for this series. Again, I, I just think this has all of the aspects I hope that we all want. I, I, I know there are Giants fans out here listening right now that probably secretly, maybe not so secretly, you are rooting for the Cardinals. And I understand why. The Dodgers will be more difficult to beat. It wouldn't have been easy to beat the Cardinals. They're good. But there's something about that, and I even parallel this to when the Kings and Lakers were meeting quite a few times, right? Back in the early 2000s, just the team you wanted to beat, you hated them, wanted to see them lose. But to truly get the breakthrough, you knew you had to beat them. Now, these two teams haven't played in the postseason, as you heard. This never happened. But it just feels like there's always the team that's on the Giants' target has been the Dodgers. And this year, it was mutual, right? The Giants, when are they going to fall apart? When are they going to fall apart? That didn't happen. They had a great team, a great season. And then, as I said earlier in the show, when you really try to look at this, what is the deciding factor going to be? In all objectivity, thinking about the Dodgers versus the Giants, I think those that haven't watched the Giants play this year and just go, oh, the Dodgers will win. Well, why? Why? What is the separator between these two teams? If we go offense, each team can hit, can hit the ball out of the park. Giants were the best at it. They have probably more depth in home run hitters, more the the guys that can homer from 10 to 25 homers this year where the Dodgers have some serious mashers. But let's think about who's not playing. I think it's a killer injury to not have Brandon Belt. He had a great year. Same can be said for Max Muncy being out for the Dodgers. That is a huge loss for both teams. Who has the better offense? I want to give like the slightest of slight edges to the Dodgers, but I don't even know that I'm fully all aboard on that. You got to believe what the Giants have done consistently all season long, their ability to come up with a big hit when they needed it, an uncanny ability, and it was up and down the lineup, and more times than not, it felt like it was a pinch hitter, Solano that would come in, or somebody would come in and not in the lineup, just come up with a key pinch hit and keep keep things going, keep it moving or win the game. Late night Lamont, right? That was going on all season long. Posey's revival. Crawford, Belt, Chris Bryant, they they could use him to hit a little better. I, I would say he hasn't coming into the postseason hitting at, at his ability, but you know that's still out there. Well, the Dodgers, I said it last night while the game was on. I said, gosh, you know who gets all the biggest hits for this team is Justin Turner. He hit the first home run. Thought he was going to have another big opportunity, but They've had guys that have been in battles. It's a little bit like when the Giants were going through this, when they were winning the series in 10, 12, and 14. It's like, oh, boy, we're now have to face Mad Bum. Yeah, they had the guy that had been in it and had done it, and you trusted in. The Dodgers now have been in so many high-leverage situations in the postseason, and they have come through. Seager was amazing in the postseason a year ago. Mentioned Turner. Trey Turner's been a great addition to them. Betts, we all still feel, is probably their best player when everything is right. Um, It's a good, good lineup. Giants have a good lineup. Again, where's the advantage? Marginal. 
Now, there'll be a day where I think one of the pitchers or pitching staffs don't have quite their magical stuff, and we see an offense kind of run into a day and maybe maybe a team wins with six, seven runs. I anticipate most of these games to be close. There isn't a huge margin of difference in any category. Go to defense. I would almost break the defense advantage down this way. And I wonder what you guys think about this out there, certainly on YouTube or our text line, weigh in on this as well. I would say I like the Giants' infield defense better than the Dodgers, though it's good, and the Dodgers' outfield defense better, though the Giants' outfield defense is fine. It's good. It's We're talking about subtleties here, nuances here on the differences between these two teams. And then you go to pitching, which a lot of times is the telltale sign in the postseason. Giants bullpen had a really good year. They find ways to get out of jams. The Dodgers bullpen, I think, had some rocky times, and rocky times specifically against the Giants. That's something to watch. I would give the edge to the Dodgers starters overall, but part of that, like I said earlier, is negated a bit because the Giants are only going to face Scherzer once, and it's not till game three. If the Dodgers were the team on full rest or not playing in the wild card, you would have seen the Giants thrown Webb yesterday and go with Gossman in game one. Nothing wrong with that. Much like the Dodgers don't feel like there's anything wrong with going with Bueller in game one and Urias in game two and coming back with Scherzer in game three. We know Kershaw is out. But it would feel a lot different if you went Scherzer, Bueller, Urias, then maybe back to Scherzer in four or five. I hope this game goes the distance, the series. I hope there's drama like we had last night. That was fun. Much better than certainly even being a Yankee fan. The the Boston game didn't have the drama that you want in a one-game situation. Last night gave us all the feels of of sports, right? And that's what this series should do. And the fact that it starts in San Francisco, they have the advantages of having the home, you know, the last at bat in games one and two and then five if necessary. If I could change anything, it would be a seven-game series, but it's not. I am so looking forward to this. I think there are so many things to be excited about and, for that matter, be nervous about. And that's, I guess, what I wanted to get at is is the pulse of the Giants fan because I, I think the way I said it earlier is is got to be the true feeling of the Giants fan right now, that there would be nothing better than beating the Dodgers and probably nothing more painful if they were to lose to the Dodgers. That's how uh, fragile this can be. Got a score. There's our sounder for the White Sox. They're on the board. Put it on the board. Yes. It's a (laughs) 6-1. Still Houston in control. As Abreu is knocked in, I think that was Tim Anderson. So, yeah, 6-1. That game is in the bottom of the eighth. Chris, do you see any parallel as when you were a Red Sox fan? uh, The year, legendary year for Boston, they're down 3-0 to the Yankees, and they pull off something that really we'd never seen. They win game four, game five, game six, game seven. And, I mean, that was as sweet as it could be for a Red Sox fan – 
oh, yeah, they went on and won the World Series. But had they not, would it have felt like they did, if that makes sense? I don't think so. Wasn't it a peak, though, to beat the – like, yes. that felt like the peak moment. Yeah. You needed the capper, but that was like, so thrilling for them. If they would have lost in seven to the Cardinals, and Schilling probably only could have went one game, so then they would have been, like, screwed if it actually did go longer. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been it, they still would have done what they did to the Yankees down 3-0 to come back and win four straight. Yeah. That's I still think that's a crowning moment. I I don't even know how many general fans even know who they beat in the World Series. And how great their series was. The NLCS was probably that NLCS good. was probably like one of the best series ever yeah. that no one remembers. Right. What was that Houston St. Louis? Yeah. I think it's what I think you can't I think the two have to be connected. Because it's like when, because everyone talks about when the U.S. won gold at Lake Placid yeah. against Russia, but it was like, semi, oh man, yeah. that was it's like if they didn't win gold but they beat Russia, yeah, would it have the same appeal? It's so hard to tell because I don't know. Any time we see highlights of the gold medal, it's, no, it's beating Russia, and it's one of those things like, oh, who was it? And I was it Finland? Finland? That's that's was my. <laughs> Gut telling me? I don't even know. But I think it's Finland. I don't know if it would have been the same if, okay, 2002 here. The pain of that, losing to the Lakers in seven. I almost guarantee they would have beat the Nets. But if they would have won that series and then lost to the Nets, I don't know. They would have beaten the Lakers. You know, What's that, weird that, that is, would hurt because it would have been so favored, though. I think that would have been... Well, to lose the Nets, they would have had to really screw up. That's the part. They would have been really favored. And if the Giants get through the Dodgers, you know, they're going to have home field still. They'll have the most – all that that they've done would still be there and validated. With the Giants, though, as opposed to, like, all these other teams that you've mentioned, it's like they're playing with house money. Like, they shouldn't be here. So, like, if they beat the Dodgers – Based on others' expectations, right? But, I mean, they've backed it up with an amazing season. Yeah, they have backed it up. But if they beat the Dodgers – and it's – I don't – would Giants fans, would it be a gut punch if they beat the Dodgers and then lost in the NLCS? I think so. Series? I think so because of the high of getting, how, however they did it, however they got through the Dodgers. And it's also now validating more of the, hey, we shouldn't be here. No, we should. What's, we won the most games and we just beat the defending champs. That would be a gut punch if the Brewers or Braves got them, let's What's say. bad is we're like trying to say what Giants fans are thinking because we're not Giants fans right, at all. Right, right, right. But I think the point of it is I wanted to see where they would be with that, where you probably last night rooted for the Cardinals for two reasons. One, you think the path would be easier, and you don't like the Dodgers. I get that. Get them out of there. Get that team out of there. It would have been funny. Yes, to win 106 and say, oh, we'll get you Giants when we get you, and then you lose to the Cardinals at home. There's some egg on their face, and the champs are gone. And that's one less team that I think that is more than capable of winning this whole thing. You get them out of the pool. Get them out of there. Instead, the competitor in you has to be, bring them on. Let's go. We've got a great team. We beat you 10-9 to 9 in the regular season. I mean, that's how close this whole thing is. And we're going to do it again. We're going to beat you whether it's in three, four, or five. We're going to knock you out. See, that's something I can't relate to. What do you mean? I, the team I hate the most is Manchester United. 
I would hope that they lose every single game, that they get blown out by everybody. I would not want to meet them in any type of game that's meaningful. Now they have, and that's one of the biggest games that they've ever had was City beat them one nothing to go on to win the Premier League. Mm-hmm. But if they were, I think if City were to end, it would be just as good a feeling is if City were like ninth, 10th place and United got relegated and kicked out of the Premier League, <laughs> that would be just as good as winning a championship. Interesting. Okay. Well, see, I don't, I don't, well, <laughs> I'm just trying to think about that. There's some elements of that I can appreciate, but there's also, there's something to be said about people casting doubt on you all season long, really, for the Giants. And then you knock out the team that, I think more people think are better than you. So then you're talking about it would be a gut punch. Is it a failure if they don't win the World Series? If you had beaten the Dodgers? Yes. I think now we're going to need what context. I mean, the blanket statement I would say was yes. But what what is the re- what does the elimination look like? Did you lose in 7 did two people get hurt? Um did another team have like a historic like amazing pitching outings that you're just like, I don't know if anybody would beat the Rays or the Brewers or whoever it is, whoever that ends up being. Um, but just on the surface, I would say yes. Because you feel like, to me, watching the Giants all year long when people have were casting doubt from basically May on, the Dodgers were so good since the All-Star break and they didn't catch them. So the Giants were good. And then now to, okay, I don't know if the Giants are even going to hang on and win the division. They did. And then if you beat the Dodgers again, holding them off and beating them in a series, I think it would feel like a disappointment after that. Now imagine saying that in April. Exactly. Exactly. But that's why you have to go through this and see um, really how it plays out. But I love that even just the breakdown of offense versus offense. I like defense of the Giants in the infield better than the Dodgers, but the Dodgers defense – in the outfield better. The pitching, I think on the surface, the starters for the Dodgers, bullpens are really close. The Giants have had that knack for coming up with the big hits. The Dodgers have had things kind of go wrong for them this season at times, and yet they still won 106 games. So much talent. So much talent. Tomorrow, by the way, uh, we're going to get a preview of this series. We're going to check in with a couple different guys. Tim Neverett from the Dodgers uh, Radio Network and the broadcasting crew will join us. And Dave Fleming from the Giants scheduled to join us tomorrow as well. So I'm really going to be anticipating just their feelings, their vibes on this. Um, the park is going to be electric. I know uh, last night I've known a couple of different people now that have been looking up tickets, see if they're going to go. I just love that, just the decision to make that. Let's go. Let's go to the game. Let's get down there, take in the vibe, take in the energy, and be a part of what feels like a historic event, something we haven't seen before just based on record. Haven't seen the Dodgers and Giants play in a series like this, and I really, really am looking forward to it. I think it's going to be absolutely awesome. So that's coming your way again tomorrow. Like we said, we will uh, really dive into a preview with uh, those that know the team very well. Look at tomorrow's matchup. As we said, Walker Bueller versus Logan Webb. Webb has been so good. So good in his last half of the season. It's an opportunity. Opportunity for legends to be made. Who will get big hits, big moments. I mean, the Dodgers, think about that lineup last night. Filled with just all these great 
players. And Chris Taylor's a good player, but he doesn't even start. It's in a pinch hit situation. Second time through as a pinch hitter, and he hits a walk-off home run. That is the beauty. That is the absolute beauty of postseason baseball. All right, before we go to break, right now is your chance to win a pair of tickets to see the Eagles next week at Golden One Center. For tickets and more information, visit cagedk.com. But you can call right now at 1-800-920-1140. That's 1-800-920-1140 for your chance to win these pair of tickets to see the Eagles. We will take caller number seven right now at 1-800-920-1140, your chance to see the Eagles. All right, still to come on the show, we'll keep you updated on this baseball playoff game between Houston and the White Sox. We do have the crossover. We'll come back, look at Thursday night football, Rams, Seahawks. And we've got that and more coming up here on KHDK. Congratulations to Brandon, who is a winner of our pair of tickets to see the Eagles next week. Thank you, Brandon, for listening. And we'll have one more opportunity tomorrow right here on KH2K when we're back tomorrow's show. Um, We go for another 30 minutes here because Thursday night football is coming your way. And it's a good one. We're going to get into that game here in just a moment. A couple of other things from the NFL uh, with a good weekend of slate of games. There's a couple games I'm really excited for this weekend. Tonight's one of them. We mentioned the NFC West taking the showcase. The Cardinals and Niners should be a good one. Raiders getting the Bears with Justin Fields' first opportunity there. Or not first. He's already played a couple games, but really being named as uh, the starter. A couple other games, though. I'm anxious for the Chargers and the Browns. I think that's a really good game. And that one's going to be one of those 1 o'clock starts in L.A. Two good teams, two 3-1 and one teams. And I'm anticipating that one to be well played. And then the Sunday night game, which has a lot of fanfare already, the Bills and the Chiefs. Amongst the many good games this weekend in the NFL, one that's um, going to be bright and early. Anybody get up early to watch those London games? I have before. I've seen some of those. I don't know if there's a lot of intrigue for the one this week um, with the Jets and the Falcons. That one's going to be played at uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. 6.30 if you want to get up early here, West Coast time to watch the Jets and the Falcons. For those of you in fantasy football that have Calvin Ridley, I might want to make an adjustment there. Apparently, he is not going on the trip. They're saying there's a personal reasons there. So, Falcons and Jets at 1-3. and three. Chris, you get I know you get up early to watch soccer. Uh, you getting up early to watch the Jets and the Falcons? No. No? Because soccer isn't being put, or the club teams, it's international play right now. Mm-hmm. So, I don't have to wake up that early. And I don't want to hear any complaining from NFL fans like, oh, 6.30, how come we have to wake up that early to watch a game? 4.30, I have woken up to twice this season to watch my team play. Would you ever record that or just no. go, no, I'm I would, I would, because I've, of Twitter, you'll know the results or I, I just want to watch it live. Yeah. Okay. I'm mean, that's fine. I'm not saying that's bad. I, I, I'm good with that. Um, I've like slept through an alarm mm-hmm. to where I have watched Joined it. Record- I've watched the recorded version of it and I don't know anything, but it just feels different. Yeah. I don't like that. I, I don't, um, I record a lot of games on the weekend because of just timing or a lot of times my NFL pattern is to watch the red zone 
and record the Niners and the Raiders so I can watch them in their full entirety. I'm kind of going back and forth anyway, but there'll, there'll be a play or two where it's like, oh, I, I mean, you always know what's happened in kind of all the games, but I feel like I have to watch those in its entirety. But when I watch a game that's recorded that I don't want to know any information, that's really, really difficult because not only, sure, I can stay off Twitter. That's not that hard for me. But especially if it's a team I truly care about, I will get a text or, wow, what a play. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what time in the game that was. And was that the play? Oh, no, it's the, oh, oh no, it, that's the play. And you just ne- don't know what hint you're getting from somebody. Can't give up an interception there. Yeah. Who would ever say that? Yes. Um, so I don't like that. And then, you know, your phones, everybody's attached to their phones in some way. I could stay off Twitter. That part's not a problem. It's really more of a, or I think I've had one before, like I, it was a particularly bad loss. It's like, oh, I hope you're doing okay. And I'm like, well, I haven't watched the game yet, but I know this isn't going to be good. Well, then on top of that, like Twitter is awful and bad and stuff like yeah. that. But then I've made friends on Twitter that, like, I only know them through Twitter, and right. you want to have that celebration with each other sure. at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, But the bad thing is, is, like, I do kind of have to stay off of it. Like, I can't, like, scroll up the entire time because I have YouTube TV, which is about 30 seconds behind oh, everything wow. else. Okay. So there have been occasionally when I've caught up on the timeline, and it's like, goal. And I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. Um. The funny thing about last night, it wasn't that much of a delay, but you were back here at the station. We're at the arena, and we we're just about to come back from a break. And usually, you give us a, you know a little cue like stand by or ten seconds, five seconds. And it was somewhere in that window where we weren't back. There was still a commercial on, and all we hear is, "Ugh," and I'm like, "What? What is that?" And then like the pitch is in midair when you did that for us, and then bang, Taylor home run. I'm like, oh. That's why Chris is saying, uh, I forgot that you guys are behind out there. Yeah. That was like the UCLA game. Which, oh, basketball? Yeah. Oh, that one was painful. The Final four. Suggs, my favorite player going into this draft. It's also like when I've given you updates of the UC Davis game. Yes. <laughs> he told me to stop. <laughs> yes. Don't. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I want to watch this when it's really happening. So Jets and Falcons, 630 Sunday morning. Uh, check that out. Also, another update from the NFL. Uh, Jimmy G missed another practice today, second straight day. I know when he was initially hurt last week, and there was thought that he might be out for for a decent amount of time. Then the report came out, hey, it's not as serious as they thought with the calf. Uh, just anticipate this being Fields, or not Fields, Trey Lance week. I, I just, hopefully Jimmy G can go if that's if he's right, if he's healthy, if he's able. This is also a tricky spot where, not only is there ego for athletes, but you got to put yourself, what's the best situation for the team? I always lean to the player that's a, that's closer to 100%. Even if the, the one is more talented, people say, I'll take this guy at 70% over anyone else. I, I think back to the other night in the wild card game with the Yankees. Being a Yankee fan, there was a lot of talk that Garrett Cole was not 100%. They had an injured hamstring. Not even as an excuse. He took the ball. The Yankees were comfortable giving him the ball. He didn't have the same swing and miss stuff. He was out by two innings. I think that did damage to the team. I don't know if they would have beat Boston with a different pitcher, but I would have liked to have seen a guy that there was no extra stuff around, whether the hamstring was that seriously injured or not. Pitch. That's what my preference would be. Tonight, we do have Thursday night football. Speaking of the injury front for this Rams-Seahawks game, how much of a factor will it be? Chris Carson, talented, physical, running back for the Seahawks. 
has now been ruled inactive for tonight. My general rule of thumb when I'm picking games, Thursday night, love the home team on Thursday night. We're just about getting into the time of an NFL season where there's a rhythm to it, and these short turnaround weeks, every NFL player hates it. And if you have to mix in travel, I think it's that much more difficult on the road team. With all those things being said, it's not that brutal of a trip from L.A. to Seattle. I think the Rams are coming off a game which they just didn't have it. The Cardinals embarrassed them. First loss of the year. I think the Rams have more to provide. I think there's more depth, more overall talent to their team. I'm going to go against my grain here and pick the Rams today against the Seahawks. Also kind of based on what we heard coming out of their um, locker room on Sunday when they played so poorly. Here's their head coach, Sean McVay, after that game, their first loss of the year to the uh, Arizona Cardinals. I've got to be way better for our football team. Make no excuses about it. Uh, didn't do a good enough job getting our guys ready to go. But uh, fortunately for us, we've got a chance on a short week to be able to respond the way that we expect to, the way that we want to, and that's exactly what we're going to do moving forward. And the only thing I can say there, I mean, coaches will say that. That's a pretty common coach speaks, uh, you know, saying or slogan or whatever, get my guys ready to go. I think there probably was a little bit of a letdown. Chris Landry had told us about watch out for that with the Rams who – really seem to be so heavily invested in beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the week before. Here comes Arizona thinking, okay, here's a huge target on our on our spot of our schedule. We got to take out the Rams. It just felt like Arizona came in with just the better overall approach. Now, you can still overcome all of that mindset and everything with scheme and execution. The Rams certainly didn't do that. Here's uh McVay kind of talking about those ups and downs. We'll look at ourselves critically. We'll move forward. And, and again, you know, this is part of being able to do this the right way is being able to handle the ebbs and flows. You know, things aren't going to go perfectly. This is such a competitive league. Our guys are wired the right way. And these are those opportunities to be able to show your mental toughness, the resilience that I know that uh, exists in that locker room. Yeah, and that's part of exactly what they need to do. And I think they are a talented enough team to bounce back tonight. Matt Stafford didn't have his uh, best performance either. Um So what was it? Was it him? Was it Arizona's defense? What kind of went wrong for the Rams last week? No, it wasn't their defense. You know, it's just on me. I got to make those throws. Um, It's pretty plain and simple, to be honest with you. Okay, kind of more of a laid-back approach. Fits into L.A. very well there for Matt Matt Stafford. So I anticipate them to bounce back. The quarterback matchup is a good one. Russell Wilson versus Matt Stafford. In fact, our daily over-under cagedecay.com. You can go there right now, participate in our daily over-under, and all you have to do is pick one of the two categories, over or under. And the question today is, Russell Wilson, total yards tonight, 275 and a half. Not total yards, passing yards, excuse me. So 275 and a half, seems like Russell Wilson could do that pretty easily, but will he do it against this Rams team? Take a quick look at our over-under right now, about 70% say under. 30% are saying over. Chris, you're picking one of those 275 and a half yards over under tonight passing for Russell Wilson. Under. Yeah, I think that's where I'm leaning to against the Rams. So we're kind of going with... And so will rhythm play a part in this or no? Who? Rhythm. Rhythm? Yeah. Rhythm is going to get you. Yeah. I thought rhythm is a dancer. Yes. Is that where you're going? I thought it was rhythm is going to get you. I thought rhythm is a dancer. It's both. Both? That's how good rhythm is. That's how good good rhythm is. If you participate in our daily over-under on cagedk.com, you will 
uh, be automatically entered to qualify for a chance to win a $50 gift card from Twin Peaks. It's easy. It's free. It's all right there on cagedk.com amongst with other uh, great content that you can check out on a daily basis. So tonight, yeah, good way to start week five. Rams, Seahawks, Niners perspective. Um, maybe it's better if Seattle wins, I guess. Give the Rams another loss. Tie them with Seattle. I don't know. Niners just have to kind of get back going here. They don't want to. This is a big game for them this weekend already because Arizona's the one undefeated team in the division in all of NFL. And if they beat you, that's another division loss. You're getting a little bit further behind and what three losses in a row. So 49ers have to worry about their own business and see what they can do. I know tomorrow we'll talk a lot more about that game and all of the NFL slate as well. All right, break time for us still to come. Final segment of the show. We'll keep you up to date on what's going on in Major League Baseball as they're getting out of their final couple of outs for the White Sox. We have the crossover as well as we lead you up to the Rams and the Seahawks all right here on Sports 1140 KHDK. Right back here on Sports 1140 KHDK. Jason Ross here with you. Football coming up at the top of the hour with Thursday night action. Oh, what the White Sox do? White Sox didn't do enough. It was the Astros. The game has gone final as uh, Houston has a one game one of the American League Division Series. McCullers was good. Astros got enough hitting. They got 10 hits today, six runs. They win it 6-1 to one is the final. So one nothing series advantage for Houston. Tomorrow's going to be a great day for baseball fans. All four series going on tomorrow. Boston and Tampa just about to get started uh, with game one of that series. Um, one other note I mentioned tomorrow, we're going to have a guest from the Dodgers and from the Giants. Dave Fleming will be joining us to really preview that series Chris, I saw this tweet. This is amazing. Uh, Let me find it here. Okay. The Giants and the Dodgers have now played 162 times since 2013. And that was the stretch when the Dodgers won eight straight National League West Division titles until this year when the Giants won by a game. So in that stretch from 2013 to now, they played 162 games. L.A. against the Dodgers, it's 82-80 to Dodgers. Now, the rest of the time, Dodgers against everyone else, they're 738 and 457. So even in this time where the Giants haven't always been that good, that's how close these two teams have been for the better part of this stretch when the Dodgers have been baseball's best team and the Giants have battled them. This year it's 10-9 Giants. The series is that close. Oh, man, this is going to be great. It's going to be absolutely great. Uh, Let's get the... uh, the crossover from the morning show. What's happening on the Carmichael Dave show? Let's find out right now with the crossover. You believe it? You believe it? Here's today's crossover. Uh, Jason Ross, I'll ask you the same question I asked Jay. Uh, based on your crossover question, I, I had the opportunity, as you know, to see a pretty cool sports moment. Rank for me, and it doesn't have to be what other people think is important, but for you personally, your top three non-kings because that's your job sports moments you've seen in person well let's see 
I went fortunate enough. These, a lot of them are going to be when I was really young. I had some opportunities to go to some amazing events. I always talk about the Olympics in 84. So that's, that's probably still going to be my number one. I just say Olympics. But there was a lot of different events we went to. Closing ceremony, basketball, track, swimming, diving, baseball at the time, uh, soccer, uh, diving, I think I mentioned. Let's see. Yeah, just a ton of stuff. Ton of stuff. Um, also... In 82, went to the NBA Finals. Not the closing game, but Lakers and Sixers. And I remember going to the World Series with the Yankees and Dodgers in 81, I would say. It's a long time ago. Yeah, I wasn't alive. Long time ago. Um, There's been a lot of cool events, but I think those would be... And I've told the story before when I had an opportunity, and I still kick myself for this, to go to the Super Bowl in 86, 87, and turned it down. <laughs> it was just dumb. Um, and I wouldn't, didn't care about the game. I think it was Denver and the Giants, maybe, or Denver and – yeah, Denver and the Giants, I think, at the Rose Bowl. So, um, I don't know. Chris, do you have a, do you have a couple there on your list? Uh, U.S. versus Mexico at Azteca. That was pretty crazy. Did you go see them? Who'd you go see in Ohio? U.S. versus Mexico. Okay, I, that's that's was ringing a bell. They okay. lost, and so but my two would be U.S. Mexico at Azteca, U.S. Mexico at the Rose Bowl. Okay, both away games for the U.S. Not in Columbus, not that one. That was cool, but yeah. it wasn't. Didn't you go to a pretty good fight? Did you ever go to a big fight? I went to. I won tickets for Ricky Hatton Pacquiao. Okay. Which, in Vegas? Yes. Oh, and also, so, yeah, in Vegas, but, like, Hatton got knocked out, like, quick. So, that's, uh, uh, but the be- I always say one of the best sporting events I ever went to, I was in Vegas for Hatton Mayweather. I didn't have tickets. I saw it at closed ca- uh, circuit. But the best, like, sporting atmosphere ever was the weigh-in for Hatton Mayweather and it was three hours of like, see, that's when I was introduced to like the English people. Yes. Like, oh, this is amazing. And their support for an individual in this yeah, case, not a team. It was amazing. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Also, uh, Eddie Guerrero beating Brock Lesnar at to win the WWE championship. Huge. At the Cow Palace. Huge. Plates exploded. I've never been to the Cow Palace. I want to go there. Mm. No? <laughs> I mean, I guess it's more about the history of it, right? It's like because I could say like I went to Candlestick. I'm like, Egh. they only have like one entrance for the place. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And I always said that like the one building, the Kings of Play. I never went to Arco One, and people are like, oh, it was great. It was loud. I don't know that it was a great building, but I just never did. I never got a chance to go there. Um, Arco was pretty. Spectacular. What I don't even know what like the Cow Palace has anymore. I don't even. I think is there like another hockey team, like some sort of minor league or even independent? I don't think so. Maybe that doesn't even happen anymore. There wasn't there like the Bulls over I, there. I've or been to th- four events at the Cow Palace. Really? Yeah. Uh, three wrestling shows and a <laughs> lowrider show. A lowrider, nice, <laughs> nice. All right. Well, thank you, Dave, for that and the crossover. That is it for us. Thursday night football: Rams, Seahawks. We're back tomorrow for a full show. Until then, have a great night right here on Cage to Cape.